Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here on SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My wonderful guest today is Eli Love. A beautiful name. I love the name. And he talks about unconditional expression, the ability to express yourself positively or negatively until you are completely finished and at peace. And he talks also about the school of hard knocks. I think we can all relate to that, don't you? He says when he was five years old, he noticed the difference between adults and kids. In his child's mind, adults were always grouchy and preoccupied and kids were always happy, playful and present. He made a promise to himself that at the age to find out that was so uh, that was so sorry little did he know uh, that he had created a subconscious script to always notice what made people heal permanently not a medicine or a medical treatment but what changed people from the heart for the better and after uh, decades of studying he finally found out that the school of hard knocks that people come from the heart there are countless stories of people going through years of hardships and traumatic events that change their lives in a profound way and he said to himself there must be a better way so at the age of 40 um, he found it children have it we have all had it then how do we get that conditional um, out of the unconditional expression uh, around sorry I'm not saying that properly one of those days today the ability to express ourselves positively and negatively around our completely finished and at peace what is the magic where does it belong and it belongs with a child and how do we bring that child out inside of us you know I have um two beautiful grandsons, uh, six months old and, and two and a half, and just watching them at play, watching them just simply enjoy life, you know, that that presence that they have um, in the moment, you know, they're not worrying about mortgages or this or that, it's, you know, when they're hungry, they'll let you know. When they need a bathroom, they'll let you know. They are so present. I think this is one of the things that we really forget in life is how to be present in the moment, being in gratitude of what we have right now. We've been conditioned to moan and look at lack and not look at abundance. Welcome to the show, Eli. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here uh, and share this news with everybody that I can. You nailed it. Boy, that was a quite a good intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry uh, for the little much. <laughs> those, those children that you were talking about, take note of those children. Mm. They have an abundance of energy. They have abundance of creativity. They've got an abundance of expression, positive or negative. And they've got just, uh, just so much energy energy to give and they're just going 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 like little ever ready buddy batteries yes. and we have to ask ourselves what makes that stop what mm. makes us go into this 
place where we're not so creative and don't have all this energy. And you hear adults complain all the time. Oh, I wish I had the energy of a child. That reminds me, they did an experiment uh, decades ago and they had um, an adult in a studio mimic all the movements of a little child. It was an infant actually. And the infant was just having fun doing all this stuff. And the, and the adult was mimicking whatever the, uh, the, the, the infant did. And the adult became exhausted. And the infant kept on going like, the, uh, <laughs> like ready, uh, funny. Well, so they said, yeah, adults don't have enough energy uh, as compared to infants. But what they didn't keep in mind was the infant was following its bliss. It was doing what it felt like doing in the moment. The adult wasn't. It was copying and doing something that wasn't its bliss. If you give an adult permission to follow their bliss, Mm -hmm. I promise you they're going to have tons of energy. They're going to have tons of energy that they didn't know they had. But we get locked into this I'm supposed to behave (sighs) mode that starts around five years old. Mm. It's just common. We're supposed to behave, we're not supposed to whine, we're not supposed to make noise, we're supposed to be polite, we're supposed to do all things, all these things. And what we're taught is that how to subdue yes. that free expression, positive and negative. Now, what I tell my clients uh, that are parents, I said, teach your kids to go into the blue room when they're having a fit, when they're having bad expressions, when they're having negativity come out of them. Take them into a place in your house. I call it the blue room. And in that place, they're allowed to have all their expressions and let them have it until they want to come out on their own. And if you, I have had some clients that raise their children that way. And as soon as they're uh, upset, they run to that blue room because they know that's their safe place. They can let it all out and they come back out happy. And here's what adults forget what happens? When you're in that mode, because we've been conditioned that negativity is a bad thing. Yeah. And I shouldn't go there. Mm-hmm. Not true. That's a myth. If you let negativity um, come out of you just a little bit, what happens is you get you get upset as an adult and uh, you let a little bit of negativity out just enough to come back into your body and get sane again. And then you go about your day. Well, you've left 80% of that negativity still in your system, and that gets stuck uh, and accrued for the next day. Then the next day, it takes a little bit less to set you off, and you let a little bit out, but you've got more for the next day and the next day. And so it seems to the adult that we're getting more negative. And so they say, well, I'm getting negative, but I'm just getting more negative. So that doesn't work. Not true. If you let it 100% out in one session, wow. And what I was going to say is adults have forgotten mm-hmm. what happens in those sessions, Sarah. Uh, we can't even imagine what happens in those sessions. We, um, first of all, let ourselves detox mm-hmm. the energy. And it's detoxing mentally because we're saying words. We're saying things that might be hurtful. We're saying things that might be inappropriate but we're detoxing and that's the projection of it. You hurt me. You did this. You did that. Blah, blah, blah. That's projecting. 
And we're getting uh, energy out. We're detoxing emotionally. We're letting ourselves get angry or letting ourselves cry if we need to. And we're letting ourselves detox physically. Our bodies are moving all at the same time. This is all happening at the same time. And what we have totally forgotten is that in those sessions, we see things in those places. We get past the projection and we start to see ourselves in that uh, uh, um, in that situation that's happened to us. And we start to see how this situation happens over here and happens over here and happens over here in my life. And we make sense of it. And when we come out of that one session, not only are we peaceful because all of that detox energy yes. is out, but we've learned something. Mm -hmm. We've learned something about ourselves. I'm telling you, I've done tens of thousands of these processes and every one of them comes back to me. It comes back to me somehow, some way. Oh, like I might've been projecting on someone, you did this and you did that to me and how could you do that to me? And when I let all of that out, it comes back to wait a minute, I'm doing the same thing only on a different level yeah. of my life. It looks different, but it's the same feeling that that person's uh, projecting, uh, giving to me. And so I go, wow, I've been putting up with this for so long that I'm making this person the wrong, uh, the bad guy, where actually I need to be paying attention to where it's really, really happening. And then so I let myself have my expressions about what's really bothering me, Sarah. And, and when I'm finished with that, no matter how long it takes, how many sessions it takes, this person doesn't affect me that way. Exactly. That, that, that person, yeah. it, I don't make that perfection anymore. I have way more understanding about that person. And I just mm -hmm. go, oh, yes, I understand what you're going through. I've been there before, too. That's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, they would say the emotions are here for a reason. They're there to indicate how we feel. Acknowledge the emotion, spend the emotion, but don't become emotional about the emotion. Because I think we get so caught up in emotion. I'm angry, I'm frustrated. When now you're angry and frustrated and you're feeding the anger and the frustration, you've forgotten what you're actually angry and frustrated about. Did you pay attention mm -hmm. to that anger and frustration and what the root of it is? Or have you just allowed it to grow into this monumentous yeah. thing that you've forgotten what the hell the root was. You're just angry yeah. and mad now. <laughs> yeah. And there's no way you can think yourself out of it. I'm no. telling you, there's 500 people listening to this right now saying, oh, yeah, I already know what I get angry about. That's mental information. Yes. That's one third of the information that mm -hmm. you need. When you do this work and you said it, just let yourself express yourself to your peaceful. You're that mental uh, uh, information is going to go into your emotional body and into your physical body mm -hmm. eventually. Uh, and you're going to discover, wow, it goes a lot deeper than what I just thought, you know, a lot yeah. deeper. When I first started doing this work, Sarah, I only did it mentally because I was numb. I was absolutely numb. I couldn't feel anything. I just, I, I, I would get cut and I go, oh, that doesn't hurt. I'd get emotionally uh, uh, hurt and I go, oh, no, that doesn't bother me. I was numb. All I could do was think. And so when I did this work, a year uh, went by of just mental shifts. And Sarah, the shifts were, wow, 
this is happening in this part of my life and this part of my life and this part of my life and other shifts would happen to go, Oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way. And each session that I had was an aha moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that aha moment lifted weight off of my body. And I started to just feel more calm and my muscles started to relax. What a big difference. A year went by before I was finally ready. Those shifts weren't happening anymore. And I go, yeah, I think I'm ready to go into my emotional body now. And I allowed my first emotion to come out. And that was anger. And wow, my first anger session, Sarah, normally these sessions last 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe an hour. But this anger session lasted four hours. Mm -hmm. And I was like a screaming baby, like a fit for four hours in my safe place, not around anybody else. And when I finished that, I was very confused because I I was angry at my dad. And I thought to myself, how could I say such terrible things to my dad for four hours? And I feel like an angel right now. I feel like I'm just (laughs) levitating. That doesn't make sense. Well, the answer is I detoxed. That poison came out of me. And it didn't hurt anybody because I was in my safe place. Nobody heard me. I call it having your cake and eating it too, because you get to do all of those bad mm-hmm. things, but you didn't hurt anybody. All you did was detox. And you see, so that, go ahead. And, no, there's a lot of people that is, you know, and I, and I agree with it to a point you have to be careful what you say to yourself, uh, because that's what you're feeding yourself. And yes, you know, be kind to yourself. Don't put yourself down. Don't be negative. But the other important <laughs> thing is the suppression of frustration and anger or hurt and pain that's inside of us. And that if we don't release it, it takes on a mind of its own. Now, our mind has to give our body permission this is where we get the blockage is in the mind. The mind has, the body is waiting for that permission to release, to embrace. And the mind is what's got in the way. And if the mind says, I'm not being unkind to myself by saying these words, all right? I'm not being unkind to anyone else. I'm purely detoxing. I'm purely releasing. And then afterwards, I feel clean and refreshed now. And love of self and love of the person that I've just offloaded on so to speak and now you put those good words in (laughs) that's what you see with children sarah they'll be mad at you and they'll go scream i hate you i hate you but when they're finished 10 minutes later they come back and say hey let's play come on let's play again and it's like erase erase it never happened yes and people have forgotten that that actually happens not only does that happen but they in that interim of that fit, they learned about the relationship and they know yeah. how to deal with it better the next time. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's knowing triggers, isn't it? I mean, I think it's we're human beings and we're going to have things that we don't like. And there, we, we are people that, you know, people have hurt us along the way, maybe knowingly or unknowingly. Most people who inflict pain on other people are in pain themselves and they don't know how to do anything else but share that pain because they haven't done the work themselves to detox so they're only giving you know what they know to give but when we decide to detox and release and our mind decides to what we're going to take in i think then the body begins to rule the psyche the spirit the soul begins to rule i know that i need to feel to think because i know if i only think i'm denying my feeling 
That's exactly right. I used to work uh, in a homeless shelter doing this work. And so many times it was, I would say, 100% women that I was working with. Uh, so many of these women that were coming to me couldn't do the work. They heard me and they understood it. Yes. But they would leave the shelter, go back to their abusive husband, get beat up again and come back to the shelter and come listen to me again. And then the 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 um, the women who did listen to me and did do the work were the ones that had gotten hurt so badly it yes. got to the point of death. And they said, I have nowhere else to go. Exactly. I need to do this work. Mm -hmm. And that's the norm in Western society, Sarah. Mm -hmm. We do the school of hard knocks to the point where it knocks us <gasps> down so hard, nowhere else to go. And then we finally learn our lesson or we go ahead and do it again uh, the next year or whatever. But this work takes that experience of hard knocks and internalizes it in our body. It's experiencing the same thing. It's not comfortable work. No. At first, uh, like for me, a whole year, it was very comfortable. Just mental shifts. Aha, that was great because that's what I needed. And that's what I want to say. This work addresses each person at their own level because yeah. they're each person goes to their comfort level first, emotional, physical, or mental. And from there you branch out. Uh, but uh, uh, people that um, are going through the school of hard knocks, this work takes the place of it. And you experience the same thing internally in a safe way, like God wanted us to do in the first place. That's yes. why he let, let us do it uh, to remind adults that's what we're supposed to be doing. And that experience evolves you and grows you. And so you don't repeat uh, the same mistakes in life. Right. 10 to 20 times faster, people are healing doing this work. And the other thing is, Sarah, when I, when I give this work to adults is a common comment is, you just turned my world upside down. Uh -huh. I didn't know it was okay to be angry. I didn't know it was okay to be judgmental. I didn't know it was okay to be negative. It is as long as you sit there and finish it. If yeah. you don't spend finish, it, spend it. <laughs> if you don't finish it, you're making trouble for yourself because what happens is you bring these negative emotions up. And if it's not finished, you take them wherever you go. Yeah. And then you want to release them over there and project again. Yeah. So exactly. that's the danger. So that's my job as a facilitator is teaching people how to finish and what does that feel like. And, you know, this is, again, the word permission comes up. You know, we, yes. we, we feel we don't have permission to let it out. Yeah. You know, it's suck it yes. up. It's suck it up. Yeah. Right. Rise above yeah. it. And it's like, but if we do yeah. that, then the, the pain and the, and the anguish is still here wanting to come up. And, but I'm now trying to be kumbaya and happy and peaceful with life with this turmoil going on inside of me. Yes, that is exactly right. And that's where I teach. I have a whole section of teaching about the subconscious. Our conscious mind represents a maybe seven to 10% of, of our brain. And when I speak to you or when someone's listening to me right now, the words that I'm using uh, represent 7% of what you're understanding. Yeah. You're, you think you understand everything I'm saying from the words. But that's only your conscious mind. Yes. Your subconscious is listening to my vocal inflection and it's mm -hmm. making decisions. Your subconscious mind is watching my body movements and making decisions and deciding from there if we should try this or not. That's nine against one. 
Yeah. Your subconscious mind is nine and your conscious mind is one against you. So here's what happens. When you start repressing issues and repressing uh, traumas and stresses, they go back into your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind's first job is to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. So it says, if you're not going to deal with it directly, then I'm going to find a way to project it out here so you can at least see it. And then when you've seen it so many times, you get sick and tired of it, then you're finally going to go through the emotional and physical part of it. And you're going to finally detox. And the subconscious mind is so, so powerful and so creative in getting these issues out here. Uh, uh, one example that comes to mind is uh, I was in my 30s and it was a time when we were just copying uh, cassette tapes. No problem. Oh, here, buddy, here, copy my cassette tape. There was no judgment around it. Well, then my best friend, he says, you know, he says, that's illegal. You're not supposed to do that. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I said, you're supposed to buy it and, you know, and give these guys royalties. I go, man, I don't have to do that. I said that, but I felt different. I felt, oh, yes. maybe I am taking yes. some money away from somebody. So I went on copying and I copied the tapes and I copied computer software. Well, it got to the point where I said, well, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm going to copy this one piece of software. It's $300, man. I don't want to spend the money. So I'm going to copy this and then that's it. I'm not going to do it anymore. So I did it and, and I felt that guilt. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was in the 80s where I uh, bought a, a keyboard. It was then when they were starting to sell uh, musical keyboards, uh, the synthesizers. Mm -hmm. And I bought one and I built a in my studio and I put that keyboard on my shelf. And I said, oh, yes, I'm gonna, that's going to be great. I'm going to practice on it tomorrow. Went to sleep. And when I got up the next morning, that shelf had broken and the keyboard fell on the ground and I had to replace a, a part on it. And how much did it cost? $300. Exactly. Uh -huh. And that was the first time I thought to myself, wow, the universe works very cleverly. Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's not immediately uh, uh, um, apparent. Mm -hmm. that I stole money from a, a software. And so now I'm going to lose money from the software. And no, it's from the software to the piano. Those are two different things. But the feeling is, wow, I got, I have to do payback. Yeah. Yeah. And when we start doing these processes, we start recognizing how we do payback. And uh, it, the, the picture doesn't look like the same, but the feeling is the same. The feeling that's, will that's, connect. That's the point, the feeling. The feeling, yeah. you know, our heads can rationalize anything. We can talk ourselves into anything, out of anything, justify anything, yeah. right? Because we've been conditioned to do so, right? Yeah. But, it, you know, this is when you come from the heart, when you're governed or compassed by the soul and the spirit is really true in its action, you know, our minds will know what to do when it, know, when it needs to know what to do. Um, and there's, there is no need for validation or justification it just is right you mm -hmm. are in truth but if we stay stuck in our minds and go oh it's just this once or it's just this it's just that you know there will always be a payback because that's the balance of life and you know we have to understand that um, our gratitude is a form of payment right being grateful for yeah. things is a form of payment uh receiving is you know, you're not only being paid in the form of receiving but that gratitude is that acknowledgement of that receiving and those energies are going back and forth and back and forth so i always say to people if you're having issues get out of your head 
you know, um, write it down, scream it down, sing it down, art it down, run it down, you know, spend it, get it out there. Right. But don't let it affect the rest of your psyche and your body and everything else, because when that lives in a state of love, a state of heart, spirit, and soul, it's in truth. And let that govern your choices, right? Because we're still going to get frustrated. Right. Okay, spend it. Spend sure. the emotion, but don't let it affect the rest of you. Sure. And there's so many adults out there right now that are saying, oh, I've already done that. I've gone to talk therapy. I've gone to therapy. Yeah, yeah, I've already done that. It doesn't work. The difference is you stay in that mode until you're peaceful. That's the difference. And nine out of 10 adults fail the first time and facilitating them. They say, okay, I've, I've said everything I need to say. I'm done. You go, well, that's not our job. Our job is not to say everything you need to say. Our, our job is to keep on talking until you're peaceful. And I notice your foot is wiggling like this. They go, what's that about? And so they think about their foot and they go, oh, well, uh, and they say, okay, I'm done now. Go, well, uh, I noticed that when you say a certain word, your eyebrow twitches like mm -hmm. this. And you go, oh, really? I didn't know that. So they go there and they go, oh, yeah, yeah. That feels like, ah. Uh. And I, when they're finally peaceful, I can see it and I can feel like, okay, now you're done. I did this with a, a, a high school student just uh, not too long ago. On his first session, Sarah, he talked about 30 minutes and at the end he said wow he said i did not know i'm angry mm. he said up till now i've been blaming everybody else for doing yes, this and yes, the other. Yes. He said, but i'm just angry and i'm making them wrong for it mm. and i go hallelujah that's a great insight the second session he came to me he comes back and, and, and he says wow he says uh i'm a narcissist he says I don't think about anything but anybody but me. It's, just, it's always me, 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 me. God, that's amazing. I didn't realize that about myself. After those two sessions, he was able to do those processes on his own and get to peace. I can see that easily. And that's my job. It only takes from two to five sessions and you're on your own. Um, and then uh, uh, that was amazing work he got in just two sessions. The other thing is, Sarah, that's Western society. We have been yes. programmed to suppress all yes, this yes, stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And then yes. have to work it out in projections in School of Heart Knocks. Right. I saw a documentary decades ago about this filmmaker who went to Africa and was filming a tribe. And during his stay there, the men had to go off to war and fight another tribe. But there was a couple who had just gotten married. They go off. The husband uh, goes off to war. And the tribe comes back and says, oh, sorry, your husband died in the war. And the camera was on the bride. Uh, and she just fell to the ground immediately and started breathing. And immediately all the women of the tribe ran to her, picked her up, took her to her tent. And the women's job is to care for her 100% until she's finished. And it took six weeks of grieving, of crying, of uh, uh, anger bursts, of just all of this stuff going on in that tent. And the only time she'd come out of that tent, the woman would take her down to the river to bathe her and she'd come back to the tent and start emoting again. And six weeks later, she comes out of that tent with a gorgeous smile on her face and she's all dressed up. They dressed her up and she's welcome back into the tribe again. And they, they recognize her as, as eligible for marriage again because she is clean. That is a far cry from Western culture that says, oh, no, death in the family, you never get over that. You're going to take that to your deathbed. Right. Not true. Not yeah. true. 
no, no. Western society really will watch, um, you know, these these shows where we're watching train wrecks on each other. You know, these reality shows, uh, people being downright nasty to each other and people get a kick out of it. And I don't understand that. You know, it's being mean to each other. You know, you, you've talked about the, you know, the finger pointing. When we point a finger, there's three pointing back at us. And we say, well, what are we doing about it? What's our accountability? What action are we taking? You know, where's our responsibility? And it's, if we are watching these train wrecks all the time, and getting a laugh or getting a kick out of it, is it not a reflection back on us as how maybe narcissistic we have become or how numb we have become to pain and it's okay to laugh at pain and anguish and people doing nasty things to each other, right? It's just like, I think society needs a whole goddamn new look on themselves. That's correct. And um, one of the, re the question you have to ask is why? is right. that person in that show yes. and here's why that's here's the the, the deceptiveness of the subconscious how sneaky it is it's putting you there with the urge to watch that show because they're fighting it out and you don't have the courage to fight out yeah. your demons inside right so the least you can do is watch it out here and that's why you're gravitated mm -hmm. to see that and you're going to it's going to take years of seeing that so many times that you finally say, oh, man, I don't want to see that anymore. And you're either going to shift that projection onto something else or you're going to start dealing with it yourself. And that's where this work comes in, shaves off years and decades off with people doing it the hard way. Right. Immediately you get down and start out why you're watching that. Uh, I was going to tell you um, a case in point. Um, oh, gosh, darn it. I just had a... a oh um i found myself in a earlier much earlier in life in my 30s much earlier i found myself going through relationships like kleenex mm -hmm. i would get into a relationship and it was so good and then it turned sour and i'd bail next one turned started so good turned sour and i'd bail and that was my coping mechanism was to bail well i noticed um uh, at the same time I was going through all this, I had allergies, allergies so bad that it would just put a vice grip on my face and I'd start mm -hmm. to see double. And if I was driving, I'd have to pull over and I'd wait for a few minutes for it to come back. And then I'd go on. Well, I discovered that my allergies had nothing to do with the air around me. I was allergic to girls. <laughs> what I mean by that is at the point of the relationship, when it came to I wanted to leave, I didn't have the courage to tell the girl that I felt bad for doing that, for tell, for making her feel bad. And so with this, there was this interim where I go, oh, man, I got to get out of here, but I don't want to tell her. That's when I would get my allergies. And the longer I stayed in that space, the worse the allergies would get until finally I said, uh, um, I'm out. And then the allergies would go away. And this work brought up to me my pattern. And I went, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing the pattern. It never dawned on me that it was a pattern before. Right. But now I see the pattern and I go, I have to do something about this. So uh, from there, I started um, uh, talking through the end of a relationship. And I was able to speak my piece before I left. 
And it got to the point, Sarah, where even before we started the relationship, I go, you know what? I'm a musician. I said, I'm going to be gone to my next gig or my next stint. And I said, this is going to be short-term relationship. And I would say right up front how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, they would, and they would agree. And of course, they would still be trauma at the end of it. But at least I can, you know, work through it. And the, I've not seen the allergy since. That's been yeah, but there's a question oh. here, though. Why yeah. <laughs> were you attracting people that were only going to be short term? Uh, that has to do with the relationship I had with my dad. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the feeling living with my dad, he was he was an army sergeant mm -hmm. and he raised us like soldiers. And I always say I did 20 years in the service. Then I left home. Yes. Uh, but the feeling was so many times it was repetition. He would put us in these situations of giving us lectures or doing the same consequences. And it's like, oh my God, not again. I need to leave. I need to leave. I need to get out, get out of this relationship. I even thought, I said to myself consciously, I'm going to be the good soldier for dad. I'm going to mind my manners and do what he says. And then as soon as I leave the house, I can go back to being me. Well, lo and behold, I left the house and me never showed up again. I still had all of this toxic stuff inside of me and I right. had to learn how to work through it. Yeah. You know, if, you know, when, um, when we look back on relationships, you talked about earlier about women in halfway houses and going back to abusive relationships. And that's because it's all patterning that they don't realize they're constantly repeating. And, you know, I've done right. so many shows on being aware of your patterning, being aware of the programming. And realizing that it's a program that you was instilled in you, right? That it isn't you. It doesn't define you. Who are you? This is why this whole network is called self-discovery. The wisdom right. is within you and at your access. That is that beautiful divine energy. Right. And here's my main complaint about Western society is that we're all focused on finding out and being aware of what's doing it to us being aware of what this uh, uh, what the motivation is underneath awareness is only one third of what you yeah, need to you're do going to take action to clear you have to go emotional you have yes. to go physical to clear it and that's where people drop the ball uh, yeah so well that's thing they're not willing to do the work and that's the point is it being aware that you're in the same patterning you're in the same program this isn't working i'm doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result what am i going yeah. to do now that I'm aware yeah. I'm repeating this pattern to break the cycle. Right. And that's what I love about this work is from the first session on, you don't stop until you're peaceful. Sarah, that peaceful feeling is a gift. You go, whoa, I haven't felt this in a long time. This feels great. You feel and light. You feel free. You yeah. Just, uh, yes, it's yeah. a beautiful feeling. Yes. Yeah, the other day I had a guitar student come in, visibly upset, and she's uh, and I said, hey, what's going on? She goes, oh, no, let's get the lessons, and I need to go to work pretty soon. I go, no, no, stop. Tell me what's going on. So she told me a little bit of, about it, and she goes, okay, I'm ready for the guitar session. I no, no, I said, you're still upset. Tell me a little bit more. On the third time of telling her to keep on talking, I could see that she had calmed down. She was back in her body. I go, yes, now we can do it our guitar session lasted 10 minutes and she was out the door sarah imagine her going to work with all of this yeah. in her and what the end of that day looks like yes no she came to her guitar lesson and she's like this 
And now what does the end of her day look like? That's just one day. Compound that by 365 and by years and decades and a lifetime. And you have two totally different life yes. lives ahead of you. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. The thing is, there's always an answer. I'm a firm believer there is always an answer. Uh, and we've just got to be willing to look for it. We've got to be willing to take the journey. I've interviewed some people who have gone through mm -hmm. stuff that no human being should have to go through. You know, what they've had to face. Oh. Yet they made a choice, the choice to deal with the pain, deal with the anguish, deal with what, how they were wronged. And to redefine their lives on their terms in their own self-discovery of who they want to be by discovering their courage, their strength, their abilities, their meaningful purpose, stepping into the self-love, the love of who and what they are here to do. And they still have bad days. They still have days where, you know, little old memories come up and they know how to deal with them. And then, okay, hello, I see you, but you know, I, I got rid of you a long time ago. We, the, your presence isn't wanted. And then they can move back on again. But it does take, it's not for somebody else come and fix me. No, what you're doing is showing people how to release themselves and find themselves. But if you're not willing to participate in your own healing, in your own presence, in your own heart, soul, and spirit, in calming your mind and allowing your mind to get out of the way, <laughs> let the rest of it speak to you, then you are always going to be in turmoil. It does require work and it can be hard or it can be easy. It depends how much you submit to it, how much you surrender to it. Yeah, right. And uh, two, two, two thoughts come with that. Uh, again, when you start doing this work, your comfort zone of how you like to deal with life shows up first, and that's how you deal with your processes. And for the most part, it feels good. It's usually a euphoric feeling when you start doing this work. Later, it will challenge you and get to the other parts of you that need expressing yes. physical, emotional, and mental. And uh, the other thing is, um, oh, uh, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. But um, an example of uh, what we're talking about is I was working in a high school um, doing uh, this work and with a select group of students who volunteered for it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, the older we get, the more resistance we have to doing this work because we've been conditioned out of yes. so on. But the younger we accepted so i was working with a high school group and um i was doing this work and we we're getting some good results i was in there for an eight-week session and toward the end of the eight weeks this teacher calls me up and says hey i hear you've been doing some great work with uh with the kids that you uh, that you picked to do i said i didn't pick them they volunteered for the program and he says well he says uh, i have a favor of you would you please take six gangbangers out of my classroom and do this work with them and uh, the, he said, they are so disruptive. They make noise. They, 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 they irritate kids. They pick on the girls. They're rude. They're filthy mouth. He says, I can't, I don't know what to do with them. He says, can I send them to you? I said, well, I said, I only take volunteers, but here's what I want you to do. Send them to me anyway, and I'll, uh, I'll do what I can do. So he sent them to me, and the school gave me a private room to work in, and it was a library. <laughs> They were sitting up against the wall and there were books behind him and stuff. And I said, okay, guys, these are hardcore gangbangers. I'm telling you, they are not messing around. And I said, you're, you're, the only reason you're here is because now you can talk about anything you want to. And they go, 
are you talking about, man? I go, I go, you can just talk about whatever you want to. And, and they go, do we need to ask you anything? They go, no, you don't have to ask me. I don't, I don't need to talk. This, this is just free time for you. Whoa, cool. So the, this is the first thing. One of the guys reaches back and he just happens to pick up an urban dictionary. <laughs> and he goes, urban dictionary, what's this? And I go, well, that's a dictionary about slang, you know, in the English language. I said, you can look up slang words. He goes, does it have cuss words? I go, well, yeah. <laughs> so he's picking up all the cuss words and everybody's laughing at the definition of the cuss words. Mm -hmm. And they're going, that's where they started. From there, they started talking about all of the terrible things they do in public, all the terrible things that they're asked to do. And for them, it's a good thing because they get love for doing these exactly. things. Exactly. And then they start talking about their family. That, oh, I don't give a crap about my family. They don't mean anything to me. They discarded me a long time ago. You're my family. You guys right here. They talked and talked and talked about just terrible stuff, despicable stuff. And I let them talk and bring up anything they wanted to. And it was a, I forget exactly how long it was, about two weeks, they finally started winding down and they finally started running out of things to talk about. And I never spoke the whole time, I just let them talk. Mm -hmm. And they finally said one day, you know what? We've been coming here for this long and they say, we're bored. They say, we wanna go back to class. They go, all right, see ya. They went back to class and the teacher calls me immediately that night. He goes, what did you do with these boys? <laughs> he goes, they came into my class and they sat down and opened their books and started doing their homework. <laughs> he said, they're not bothering anybody anymore. And I said, all I did was give them a little room to vent. They had yes. so much stress on their plates. They just needed to vent. And now they can think, you know, clearly. Uh, and, but that's how simple it is. Uh, and again, most of us don't get to this place of wanting to fix it until we get to this breaking point in yes. our life. You're so terrible. Now I have to do it. Well, with doing this work, you don't have to wait for that moment. You can start immediately and know you're going to feel good from the first session on. You'll find that most people, and I'm going to say everybody in some way or other, just wants to be seen and wants to be heard. We want mm -hmm. to know we count in this world. Mm -hmm. We're here for a reason. You know, we're right. here to discover what our meaningful purpose is. What is our contribution to the world? How are we meant to do it? Do we love doing it? That's that journey of our own self-discovery. But along the way, we want to know we're seen. And it's not the ego. It's just the validation of that you're here for a reason, that you do count. And so when you actually allow people space to just talk, just be, just let out, no judgment, and let it all out. Then you're saying, I see you, I hear you, I validate you. And really, wow. you know, we, we all want that in some form or other of, um, you know, people, you know, especially in gangs that talk about respect, you don't respect me, you know, and it's not about the respect is that you don't hear me. You don't see me. And so the respect takes on a different form. I've got to be tougher. I've got to be meaner. I've got to be this and that to, to get the respect. Instead of respecting someone for who and what they are from the core of their being, not right. the exterior of their fear. Right. We, when we grow up, when we're children, we are our, we are our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. That's who we really are. Then we start learning how to suppress. And with every suppression comes a script. Yes. There's uh, scripts are subconscious deals you make with yourself 
of how to deal with life because you're not allowed to express it out anymore. So now you're going to deal with it in this certain way. One of the ways I did it was uh, I noticed in my adult life I was driving. And when I come to a stop sign, I was always impatient. I always wanted to go. I love to drive fast. But I started having an issue with it. When I got to the stop sign, I started getting very, very irritated to the point of squeezing the, uh, the steering wheel and sweating. And I went, whoa. I said, this is a big enough deal for me to start doing this work on. I need to find out where this is coming from. And lo and behold, it comes from uh, being uh, in high school and my dad doing the sergeant thing again and giving us a lecture. And he would say, kids, get on the couch. I'm going to give you a lecture. And those were his words. And I would always sit at the end of the couch closest to the front door. Because as soon as he was finished, I would bolt, get out of the house as soon as I could. But what came to me was as I was sitting there, I used to sweat in that couch with just anticipation of wanting to leave so bad. And that's the feeling of don't stop me. I want to go. And that's what I projected onto my card. So that was a script that my mind did. My mind says, well, you're not going to deal with it with your dad. So we're going to give you the same feeling out in the world. Sarah, we've got hundreds and thousands of these scripts inside of us. Yes, we do. And I call it inner space because when we start doing this, it's like going into outer space astronaut, except we're going in and it's infinite. It never stops. And it's just more blessed and more blessed and more blessed and more spontaneous healings and more evolution that happens with each session. My, I've got a list here of just a short list of things that have happened to me uh, that have healed. Uh, Acne is gone. Allergy is gone. Lower back pain is gone. Colon fissures left me overnight when I found out. Sometimes you find out the cause of what's causing your ailment and it just disappears miraculously. And the doctor said the same thing. Where did your colon fissures go? I can't find them. I was doing some work on it. And other times you find out the source and now you have to do some detox work on it before it heals. Uh, I used to have heart palpitations. I used to walk around like this 24 seven thinking that that was normal. And I had no idea it was because I had so much stress in me. Those are gone. Uh, anger issues are gone. Relationship issues to no end I used to have. Those are gone. Uh, eating disorders, really bad eating disorders. I, uh, I used to uh, binge and, um, and then starve myself uh, real bad. Uh, and I had a sugar, wicked sugar addiction and carb addiction, and those are gone. Uh, self-esteem issues, empathy issues, self-sabotage issues, panic attacks are gone. That's the short list. Uh, clients that I've worked with, uh, I had one HIV uh, uh, client come to me, and he was going to the hospital six times a week. Inside of a few weeks, he cut it in half to go into the doctor uh, three times a week, and he came to me and he says, man, thank you so much. It's like I got half of my life back, mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue doing this work. Uh, I've got another close friend of mine who, within two years, witnessed cancer disappearing from his body. Yes, prostate yes. cancer just disappeared because he found out where it was coming from and he detoxed exactly exactly Uh, a lot of people who uh come to me for losing weight they discover it's an anger issue that's the the the, the source of it i had one lady i'll never forget the look on her face she goes if i'd have known that all i had to do was get angry to lose weight i'd have been doing this years ago (laughs) and she's so happy to have discovered anger mind you again it's in a safe place where you're not hurting anybody exactly 
Uh, same thing with smoking. Smoking, um, many times, uh, the root cause of it is pent-up anger. And the feeling is hot words coming out of your mouth. Mm. So the smoke replicates the hotness in your mouth. And that's what leads people to want to smoke. So you detox all the anger and the urge to smoke leaves you. And when I say leave you, it's permanently gone. You don't have it anymore because now the source is gone. Yes. And that's the point, isn't it? It's the source, the root of every problem. And you've got to dig out that root. But if you don't... um... If you don't know, if you don't do the investigation as to what the root is, then how are you going to know what to to you know get rid of? Um, we we are in a society where it's band aid, you know, band aid, you know, take a pill or to, to do you know, <laughs> um, take some. This is why we see so much addiction, whether it be work, sex, food, drugs, you know, booze, um, and because it's to numb how you're feeling because it's it is about suppression of how you're feeling um, and that, uh, you know, you've got anger where well, we send you to anger school to get rid of your anger. When it's not about, you know, looking at your anger going, it's wrong. It's about why are you angry in the first place and how do you get rid of that anger? And that, yeah. you know, maybe you are a sen- I'm a sensitive, so I pick up things all the time and I can get empathic depression sometimes if, if I've got too much around me. And so I have to protect myself and put myself in a space where I know that, uh, that I'm not going to receive that from other people. And that is a form of protection so that I can project out all the love uh-huh. and care that I actually have. And so, uh-huh. you know, it's it's paying attention again to what is causing this. And Western society does not look at root. It always looks at band-aid and it always looks at blame, blame and shame of other people. And it's that we've got to understand that something's happened to us that we didn't ask for, that it just simply happened. But what do we do about it? How do we empower our lives? How do we take back our lives? How do we live our lives on our terms and not the imposed terms? And again, it goes back to the awareness, the careness of self, the willing to do the work and to look at what the problem is. And you may get rid of one problem and you go, well, I'm fine now. No, 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 there's something else there. And when it reveals itself, don't suppress it or ignore it and go, hello, have, uh, thank you for popping up. I now know who you are and how to identify you. I'd be willing to do the work on it. Right, exactly. And you said something very important about wanting to just cover up the pain and wanting yeah. to just make, get away from it. That's what we're taught. Yes. Um, uh, remember that the subconscious is infinitely more powerful than our conscious mind. And people who succeed in breaking a bad habit, I've seen this so many times with clients, they have a a, a weight issue. And so they force themselves to go on a diet and they lose weight. But what happens after that is your subconscious says, we're not done. So I'm going to transfer that feeling over to this. And so they start smoking. Well, their willpower stops that. You're stopping the flow. So, so, the, so the, um, the subconscious says, okay, fine. I'm going to go do this now. And one client went from here to here, and then she started driving fast. And that's when she came to me, and we discovered that all these things were connected. And she uh, finally just did anger, and all of these things disappeared. And that's what I just get crazy about when I watch TV is I watch commercials. There's so many medical commercials on TV, and they tell you, take this pill and then for the most of the uh, yes. uh, 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 of yes. the side <laughs> that's where side effects come from is when you close off uh. 
the reflection of what's troubling you, your subconscious puts it over here and makes the same problem in a different location. That's what side effects are. When people finally understand that, they're going to finally go, oh, yeah, I need to do the work. But, you know, the, the depression hurts. Take this pill for depression. And then it's 10 minutes to the fact that it may cause suicide. And it's like, right. why is it on air? Why is this drug right. even around? You know, why are you right. even looking at this as an alternative? Right? You know, I just... Well, it, <laughs> when you're raised that way, that's the right answer. I had, uh, when I did that uh, class in high school I was telling you about, there was one girl that came to me. And uh, I didn't know this until after the class, uh, but she said, yeah, I was uh, going to the therapist and she said I was uh, taking the, te uh, the inkblot test or something like that. And she said, I was uh, really high on depression and suicidal suicide. And uh, she's and the, and the uh, therapist said, we need to put you on meds. Yeah. And that's when I happened to show up. And she said, mom. She goes, this guy at school is teaching us something. He says, what do I, let me try this before I go on meds. And the mom says, yes, I'm try that. She came to me and in our little group, we worked for eight weeks and she went back to the therapist after that. And she goes, the therapist says, I don't know what happened, but your test scores are so low. You don't need medication at all. Don't even worry about it because she gave herself for eight weeks to do the work. Exactly. We've just got to be willing to do the work. We don't realize this, that as children, we're sponges. We're absorbing everything else around us. And, you know, if this discord around them, they don't understand what it is. They don't understand why mom and dad are mad <clears throat> or why wars are happening or, you know, floods or fires or this or that. They don't understand that. They just know it's a bad experience and it's one that mm -hmm. makes them feel insecure. What happens with that insecurity? It's in the cellular structure. It stays there and grows and grows and grows. And that insecurity becomes insecurity over many other things in their lives. And if we don't look at that and go, okay, what really is the root of that insecurity? Why am I afraid? Why am I too scared to step out and do this and do that? I know I have the ability, but what's holding me back? And it, you know, we, we don't realize that it could go right back to when you were a baby or a child or something happened and you have no idea that it needs to come out. And that's what the willingness to, as you said, go through the cellular structure of release. And you release one thing, you feel great, you've got that peace. That doesn't mean you're in that peace for the rest of your life. Something else may come up, deal with it. You know how now to find that peace. Right. And as the issues come up, you discover you... <clears throat> Is it past uh, uh, traumas and past issues, but you're dealing with them on a deeper level now. Yes. Deeper and deeper. And every time you do, you get freer and freer and lighter and lighter and healthier and healthier. I'm 70, Sarah. I'm not taking any medication at all. I just, I'm fine. Every time the doc, I go to the doctor, it says, get out of here. Right. Uh, and I know that it wouldn't be the case if I wasn't doing this work because already in my, in my 40s, I was getting real bad uh, laying on the couch for three days at a time with back pain going on out, going to the doctor for this, going to the doctor for that. And I know I'd be either gone or a complete mess by now if I hadn't been doing this work. Because right. every time I do this work, I get lighter and, and spontaneous healing show up. You know, it says um, um, I've been given a couple of diseases, one when I was two, stayed with him for my life and another one uh, 29 years ago. And it's uh, I have a, a partnership with them in the sense that I know if I push too far and I don't honor my body or my psyche, my well-being, I, I will pay the price. 
but at the same time, I am not my disease. It is something mm -hmm. that is there as a challenge and an obstacle at times. But if I feel empowered within me on who I am as a human being and doing what I'm doing, and I pay attention to my limits, then we have, you know, I'm, I've just turned 69. Yes, I do have some challenges, but I don't look at them as, oh God, I've got these challenges and I can't do this and that. I look at it, okay, okay, uh, I have to pay attention to you because you're saying to me, don't do that rest, right? Mm -hmm. And it's honoring my body so that I actually have the energy uh, to continue to do what I love, right? And feed what you can do, feed what you can do. But I think a great deal of it is, some people have received injuries or something in life that is going to make them vulnerable. The body is being damaged, but it's how you look at it and how many people they become the cancer. They become the fibromyalgia. They become the arthritis. They become this and that. No, that is something that you have. And cancer is known to be an 80% emotional disease. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you're willing to look at that, how many people and there are numerous shows on that of people who have come through it, because they paid attention to what the body needed and they decided I may have you, but you are not me. Right. That reminds me of the reframing, you know, what reframing is yeah. it's you go to the therapist, you have this bad experience and the therapist teaches you how to look at that bad experience and frame it in a way that's positive. Yes. And that's a mental exercise and it ends up being temporary. When you do this work, you go way deep and yeah. you naturally reframe right. because now understanding on a much deeper level, it gets reframed for you. Yeah. And that's what gives you a brighter uh, outlook on life uh, from yeah. that point on. Stage one, two, three, what... four, right? You've got to go through the stages. Yeah. Okay. If you only yeah. do the one, band-aid. Right? Yeah. So that's the start. Right. Now next level, next level, next level. <clears throat> but yeah. so many people do not participate in their own healing. They hand themselves over to doctors and they go, you heal me. No, no, they're meant to be there to help you heal yourself, right? right? And so you're there to help people heal themselves by giving them the skills and tools of how to do it. And as you right. said, one session, two sessions, five sessions, six sessions, after that, they've got all those skills and tools so to know how to navigate their own life and deal right. with their own issues without the issues dealing with them. Right. I, I was studying profusely all uh, cultures about healing and stuff, trying to get to the root of what really heals people. And one step was uh, looking at um, uh, uh, healers from the, from, the, from the East, from India and stuff. And there was one famous one that came to Los Angeles when I was living there one time. And, and I went to her for my back pain. And I sat down and she put one hand on my head, the other hand on my uh, back very lightly. And all of a sudden I felt this heat go yes. through me instantly like that. And about five minutes later, I got up and I was like a kid again. I could move, no pain, no stiffness, nothing. It was all gone. And I was going, wow, that's amazing. I go, let me ask you a question. How many people get healed like this, like I just did, and then have to come back to you uh, for the same thing? She goes, everybody. I go, why is that? I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear her say it. She was because people don't change from the inside. Yes. You have to change your ways, how you look at life and how you deal with life. And then that's a reflection in your body. Your body reflects what's going on inside. Yeah. And until you do that work, your body's going to recreate that same illness in one way, shape or form. Patenting. 
that back to a, patterning, right? Yep. You've got to change the pattern. Yep. We do this on yep. a computer when a, you're trying to install an updated program and it won't install until you've deleted the old one. Right. Well, why can't we look at ourselves <laughs> that way? You know, we've got an old program yeah, there are, that's yeah. not serving us. It's time to yeah. recognize what it is and make sure you get to it right at the very, very core of it. Delete it so a new program could be put in there. But I think it's also right. knowing what do you want that new program to be? Right. Well, that's the exciting part about what we do is you do the work and you don't know what's going to happen. I know. You you're in self-discovery. Every <laughs> time it's so exciting and so liberating. Yes. And so, oh my gosh, I'm glad I did that. When It reminds me, when I first started doing this work, all I knew was, wow, I'm so toxic. I know I need to do it, but I'm scared to death to do it. Yeah. So uh, I put a, a tape recorder in the room because I, I needed to talk, but talking in a room by myself felt like a crazy person. <laughs> so I put a tape recorder in there and I talked to the tape recorder and uh, that happened twice. The second time I did it, I go, I don't need the tape recorder anymore. I feel so good after doing this. I'm just going to do it on my own. And I don't need to record it. And from there, I was just, that was, that was, that was it for me. I continue. I've been doing it for 30 years, nonstop, every day, multiple times a day. Yeah, I, I do it in, in movie form. I create movies uh -huh. in my head, right? So there's always uh -huh. a story going on. And uh -huh. so kind of a reflection of where I'm at or this, that, et cetera. The movie is there. Uh, and it allows me to see the big picture all the plays the stage the this and that you know and and allows me to see it in a different because that's just the the visual that i am and uh, um and it's interesting because i've just written my memoir my brother was editing it for me because he's a literary professor and you saying, i don't know <laughs> i'm still kind of iffy about it <laughs> uh, and you say there's a lot of loneliness in your book and i said yes i, I allowed the book to write itself Right. Oh, so yeah. I just got on the fingers. I was going to audio it. And then uh, in my fingers, I just took three weeks of podcasting and I just wrote it. And since then, it's been rewritten a bit of a uh, few times. But the loneliness thread kind of surprised me. And I thought, yes, yes, I, I fully understand this because, you know, as a very spiritual and empathic person, we were not understood, uh, you know, kind of back in the day, even worried about the white coats <laughs> coming, etc. Um so it was always that feeling I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, no connection, right? So looking for connection on the outside instead of trusting the connection on the inside, which was the life journey. Once I made the connection from the inside and then for me, it's fine. I'm now on track. I now know where I am and I'm not lonely anymore. I just choose to be alone when I wish to be alone. No, it's a That'd totally different, different, very big difference, but it, it's, um, it still had to go in the book, though, because that governed most of my life, right? And it's, it's and it's about who I am today and what, what where it led me today. But I feel that sometimes just talking it out or writing it out, whatever which medium you need to do, you know, there is no wrong or right way as long as it's coming out. And then right. I've always said, look at it, look at what you've written you'll be very surprised or look at what you've just said paid about the recorder or really hear yourself when you're speaking out because it will surprise you what's been revealed and it's like you know your inside is on the outside saying see me hear me this is what i need from you right, right. and pay attention to that and then right. that loving nurturing of self apply <laughs> right you're reminding me that when we do this work there's three outcomes three types of outcomes 
you do this work and you get to the root of it and you go, now I understand what's going on here. And you get the courage to change your situation. Yeah. In uh, the case of the, of the battered uh, shelter, some of those women left because of the work that we did. Uh, that's one outcome. Another outcome is, you mentioned it a minute ago, is, well, I have this situation, but it doesn't affect me anymore. Right. It doesn't, I'm not getting a charged feeling about it. It just is. I'm okay with it. Yes. And that's what you, you described also. The third uh, outcome, and it happens more often than you might think, is the universe will come around and change the situation right in front oh, of you. Yes. It might get rid of that, <laughs> rid of that boss that's been making your life so miserable. He gets fired instead of you having yes. to leave. Yeah, exactly. That is, Ending yep. that happens. Sometimes. I'm a big one on allow, 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 yeah. allow the journey, allow. Don't dictate your path. I want to be this. I want to be that. No, just become, right. become uh -huh. and allow. And it will surprise you of who's revealed. Hi, I didn't know you were in there. <laughs> it's a good you're feeling. You're reminding me of myself. You're reminding myself. I grew up with an army sergeant and I, I did that program of control, control, yes. control, control. That was what I was. And I controlled, control, control. And I got into positive thinking for many years. And one of the positive thinking exercises was list what you want in detail. And then you'll manifest it because now you're looking for it. I want to make sense to me. So I was moving all the time. I have over a hundred addresses. To <laughs> and so I wrote <laughs> over, I wrote over 50 YouTube, over 50 things that I wanted in the next house that I was going to rent. And by golly, 47 of them showed up. I couldn't believe it. I, I'm getting good at this. And the next house, I wrote out more than 50 things. And by golly, all but a few showed up. I go, man, this is amazing. And I got so good at that until I finally realized the three, the two or three things that didn't show up were the same. It was the same yeah. issue showing up in all of the places I was renting. And it had to do with uh, the owner. Uh, or the manager giving me a problem in some certain way and I had to confront that and I didn't want to confront it so I'd run from it right right and when that, happened again. To me, <laughs> when that happened to me that was the end of my journey of control I said yes. I'm done with control I'm going to start letting life control me and that's when I found this work I started doing the work and then whatever yes. happens happens and I had no idea it could be so glorious. Thanks. And so far, we've talked about the mental, emotional, and physical bodies of releasing. When you start aligning those three bodies, that's what starts tapping into your spiritual body. Whatever that means to you, it's going to take it to the nth degree that you exactly. never even thought was possible, the experiences that happen to you. And then you start looking at your experiential body how your experiences start changing like magic having to do with having you how you've changed inside it's direct reflection every time and it takes a while to start seeing that clearly but it's there well that's for me that's um i don't always trust my thoughts because they may come with anxiety and what ifs etc and so it's out of mind and in into surrender of soul guide me where am I meant to be? And very often, you know, I do, I do my own show every week, which is my own reflections, et cetera, of what's going on. Sometimes just press record and see what comes out. It's just the way I work. Oh, but it was, it was about balls up in the air. 
And I've got an awful lot of things going on in my life. Two books, my book on the Forgotten Children series anthology, and and I'm about to go on to Roku TV and all these things. And I'm going to be moving somewhere in the future. And so it was leave the balls okay. up there. I know that, that I need to deal with them one ball at a time. Right? The ball that drops down into my hands is the one I need to deal with. And then when I deal with that, I can cope with another ball, whichever ball drops down. And, you know, that's, I think, I've learned I have more control when I give up control because I am allowing yes. the spirit to control where I need to be. It knows. When you're, you know, the manifesting isn't the, the visual of what you want, it's letting the universe know how you want to feel how you mm -hmm. want to feel and when the universe mm -hmm. knows how you want to feel it knows what to give you so that you can feel that way right right and there's light and dark in one day and there's light and dark in our experiences and accept them both and that result will happen every time uh there's uh, you remind me of one of the uh, girls in the high school that, that uh, i taught uh this program she said you know, when you think, because I teach that thinking is your enemy, you can't think your way through these processes. You have to physically write or talk yes, or do something physical. And she says, you know, when you think, it's like a, a, a jumble of people talking to you at the same time. Yes. You can't understand anything. She says, but when you start talking and you start writing, it's like one person talking to you and you can yeah. understand exactly what they say. And you can follow it till it gets resolved. Clarity. And that's what happens clarity and that's the caution i tell people doing this work do not think when you do this work it has right. to be verbal it has to be written exactly surrender let be let be just let it come through you trust you know it's we've been taught all our lives you've got to be in control you've got to take ownership you've got to do that yes we are by surrendering yeah. we are because we're being in truth right. we're bringing meaningful purpose we're being present with what we're meant to be in the now that is when you come from the soul, where it is the compass, your guidance system, to ignite the heart into a meaningful purpose in the spirit interaction so your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. I never trust my thoughts governing what I need to do. It is, okay, I have this thought. How do I feel about it? What does my soul, heart, and spirit say about it? And if it's yes, I know I can go with it. If there's a no, I don't need to know why. It just simply is a no. Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, uh, any uh, negative thoughts that I have, I don't trust ever, never. Because every single time after I do a process, I know I find out how it's about me. Yes. Every time. Yep. Just the other day, uh, my uh, stepdaughter was treating my wife and I in a disrespectful way. And I was so mad at her. I did not say a word to her. I went and processed. And... It was a huge shift for me because the way she was treating us is the way I was treating myself on another level. And I went, oh, my gosh. Soon as I got to that point, the focus is off of her and I need to do my homework right here and start respecting myself in this certain way more. Well, we always are looking for we're reactionary creatures and we're looking for a reaction. Yeah. Now, when the reaction yeah. back isn't of trigger. And reaction, but of love, then what they're receiving back is that love from you. They may not know what, they may not know how to process it, but it will find its way in.
But the biggest problem we have as human beings is we are reactionary before actually understanding what we're reacting to. It's a trigger reaction of what is inside of us rather than a reaction to the situation. Right. You're reminding me that um, when, when you're coming from heart and you're emanating the energy from heart, it goes way beyond the conscious. Uh, Absolutely. Um, that's why people respond to certain people positively because yes. they're feeling this heart connection in their minds going, why am I trusting this person? Oh, it's going to, oh, it's yeah. going up here. Yes. Because it's fine. I remember before doing any of this work, I was wandering around in the universe and I came, I went into a store and I saw this clerk bent down putting things in the shelf and it was a, a woman and this woman stopped and looked at me and I felt angelic presence mm -hmm. and my mind did not know how to process right. that. it felt so good I immediately broke the gaze and ran out of the store I went what was that I was not able to let myself feel love yet Right. But that was one of the experiences that made me curious to find out how to get there. It finds its way work. in. Even if it's a seed, it yeah. finds its way in. You may not may run from yeah. it. Um, you know, I've moved around a great deal as well. And my son, you're running from something. I said, no, I'm always seeking. I'm a wanderer. I'm an explorer. I am always seeking. And it's it's like, yes, I've, I've reached that age. I've just turned 69. I would love a, a, a place, a sanctuary that is my own. I'd love that. And I, you know, somewhere along the line in the next year or so, it will be there. But the spirit has no boundaries. It has no walls. It doesn't need a roof. It's always, always in flow and always in go. It's just the body at the present moment saying, enough traveling. <laughs> I'd like to stay put. But it was always in wonderment of what else was out there. If something didn't work, may I get upset? It didn't work, get frustrated, get angry. Okay, what's next? What's next? Because for me, failure is giving up and giving in. For mm -hmm. something something to go wrong, uh, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe it was the wrong timing. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. Maybe it was just a lesson. Just a lesson take the lesson and move forward well that's one thing i've learned sarah is there are no mistakes no and there are no misfortunes there is again reflection on the outside what's going on the inside and when you do the work you find out oh now i know why that situation was there to hurt me yeah because i wasn't dealing with that pain in my life yeah so it's coming here and it's going to come again if i don't deal with it in my life right. and so and, and the subconscious, like I said, is 90%. We're the small percent. It's going to give you the urge to do something crazy, irrational, yes. illegal. It's going, to get, it's going to give you permission to do something uh, uh, that's bad, that's wrong. Why? Because it wants you to feel the pain that you're not addressing on the inside. It's giving you the pain out here instead. The pain so, isn't boy, there to hurt lots, you. Lots of forgiveness. A, yeah. The pain no, isn't there no, to no, hurt it's you. There to it's keep. there to reveal what it is you need to address it's there to want to yes. be released it's not out there to make you suffer right it's not out to get you it's out no. there to, for you to understand what you no. need to address 
Right. That reminds me of uh, many years ago, I was reading uh, uh, Eastern books and there was a story in there of the master who's sitting in, in the town center and the, uh, the student comes up to the master and says, oh, master, he says, I want to learn how to be peaceful like you. I can't wait to learn. And the master says, go away. I have no time for you. And so he goes away and he comes back the next day. He says, no, master. He says, I thought about it. And I, I really want peaceful like you. He says, you need to teach me. The master says, go away, please. So the third day, the student comes back and says, I thought about it some more. And I really want to be like you, master. And the master stops and looks at him and says, well, he says, are you willing to like look inside of yourself and, and confront your demons? And the student says, yes, yes, I can do that. And he says, you, you know, it's going to be very painful, right? He goes, oh, I know, I, I can do it, I can do it. And he says, and you'll have to do this till you're like 45 years old, right? And this master says, I don't care, I don't care, I'll do it, I'll do it. And the, and the master goes, okay, well, I'll teach you then. Do you have any questions? And the student says, yeah, just one. He says, what happens when I'm 45 years old? And the master goes, well, by then you'll be used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been on path for 30 years, and I got way past 45 years old already. And yes. I'm telling you, not only do you get used to it, yeah. you enjoy it, and you feel liberated by it, and you look forward to it because you no longer have any judgment about being positive or negative. Exactly. It's just just letting it out and you know you're going to get lighter and, and healthier because of it it's a turning up of the vibrations it's a turning up of the frequency yeah. it's living on a yeah. different plane and you know kindness caring consideration compassion for yourself for those around you for life in itself we can't always help people that are in the fear and in the anger until they're willing to help themselves Right. But sometimes just being the love vibration, being right. in that higher realm, what exudes out of us becomes right. the, the energy that they're needing should they wish to apply it to them mm -hmm. healing themselves. Everything is free will. And if they're not ready for it, you can't help. You take a horse to water, can't make it drink, leave it there long enough and it may realize it's thirsty. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, my goal is to make this work uh, commonplace in right. society because it's not known. Uh, no. I'm the only person that I know of teaching this work. Uh, and it's like it's like 100 years ago, we did not know about oral hygiene. We were cowboys right. back then, and we had rotting teeth and bad breath, and we just took that for granted. And Colgate came, comes up almost 100 years ago with toothpaste and a toothbrush, and we totally changed oral hygiene. This work that I'm introducing here is totally changing our spiritual, physical, mental, emotional bodies. And we're going to become so clean and we're going to realize later how toxic we've been living our lives. Oh, God, and yes. Terrible yes. effect we've had on ourselves and others. And um, so I'm hoping to reach somebody who knows how to uh, do clinical trials with this work because uh, um, I'm looking just to get it out there, get it um, approved in a, in a, in a medical way, you know, with, yes. with trials and stuff, stuff. And so we can start to advertise from that place. Um, I would love to get that done. That's my goal. That's my mission. That's my God's homework. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing that I, I really have known for doing this for so long is that scientists are beginning to actually understand that spirituality isn't woo-woo, that actually it is a measurable energy. 
and that what that energy can do, how healing it is, how motivating, how creative, how abundant it really is, all the possibilities right. that come from that energy. And so scientists are beginning to understand that. And medical people who mix both mediums into their medicine are understanding the benefits of this higher energy and higher plane. And so it is right. coming into being. But, you know, my thing would be keep on doing what you're doing the medical will finally catch up, mm -hmm. right? Because quite honestly, this type of healing, energy type of healing, awareness type of healing, confronting what is causing the pain in the first place is the healing that actually right. is going to heal us one person at a time, trickle down over a period of time, but it is what's going to heal the world. Because when you heal yourself and you know how to face all those things that come up and you rise up to that higher beautiful vibration of love that higher frequency you cannot knowingly do any harm to anyone for to do right. so would harm yourself and that would yeah. put us on a plane where we are now stepping into a higher level of creation a higher level of of understanding what we're here to do and letting go of the anger, the fear, the hate, the greed, and the opulence, which is our human insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're so on this are, planet. To learn, we're on this planet to learn both sides of the story. We are. And uh, and, and now and we need to tilt. We're here to tilt now. We're here to that pendulum yeah. to swing more to because we've seen hundreds of thousands of years of the hate and the wars and the the, the greed and the opulence, and we've seen that doesn't work. We have yeah. um, a very dysfunctional adult society, and that is because we're not taught to to be the inner child and always bring that inner child with us. And here's a misconception that Western society gives us, that we need to be positive, we need to be loving, we need to be light, so let's focus on that and not focus on the other. Well, that mindset is the same thing as the Chinese finger trap, that little yes. tube. Yes. Get your fingers in there to pull it out it won't come out no matter how hard you pull right. you have to push in then it comes out easily and that's what it means to go into yes. the dark side but we do it in a way that's safe for us by finishing a session all the way getting an aha getting a healing now we've grown from it and now we can go back to the light side even more than we could before yes that's I mean, you know for a long period i was um, in the darkness I retreated in there because of pain, because of repression, because of what was happening on the outside world. My psyche mm -hmm. could not take it anymore. I went into that mm -hmm. dark, peace, safe place. I mm -hmm. could always see the light. It was always inviting me to go out. Eventually mm -hmm. I did, feeling I was being chased by shadows. The light was very bright. But now I am also at peace with it because I can go into that darkness anytime for I am the light in the dark. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, a, that's, that's saying a lot. People don't really comprehend that until they get through themselves. Yeah. Yes. You know, we, fear is something we're conditioned to be, and that's a form of control uh, mm -hmm. from various powers. Uh, and that when we choose um, fear of crossing a road in, in the middle of rush hour, you know, maybe not a good idea or, you know, on a speed track or, you know, jumping off a cliff to the rocks is not a good idea. You know, the, that's what fear is there for is to warn us of danger. 
but we've right. become so fearful over fear that we've forgotten what we're afraid of or what it's actually indicating. And that is something that we need to look inside of us. What has made us so afraid? Was it something that was just imposed on us? Was it something that happened to us that we haven't dealt with? Again, life is an inside out job, right? right. And you've got to go in to release yourself out to become the beautiful essence of being who you really are. Amen. Now, somebody wants to book you, and of course, you've got your book, uh, The Manual for Life. Um, how do people, A, get the book? What's the book about? And also, how do people book you and find you? Amazon.com. If you put in the search bar, The Manual for Life by Eli Love, make sure you write all of that in. It'll pop right up. If you just put The Manual for Life, it doesn't show up usually, but by Eli Love, then it'll show up. And it is a book. It's only two ninety nine because I want everybody to have it now. Right. And uh, it is a bunch of exercises past the power writing and past the power talking. A lot of exercises to get you through different situations in your life, and actually some euphoric exercises with visualizations and take, being taken on journeys that show you exactly what you need to see at that time. It's really, really interesting. And then lots of explanation of what we've been talking about. Um, so that's an easy read and very helpful read. Then on my website, healforfree.com, heal, the number four, free.com, uh, are lots of videos explaining this work. Uh, I put these podcasts on that, um, on that website. And um, there is my email on there. That's what you want to click on. Click on my email. And ask for an invitation to our first Wednesday of every month Zoom meetings. And I take people uh, through this process and we actually do some exercises online and get people comfortable with the work. And then we check in with them later to see how they're doing with it. So those three things, the book, the website, lots of information on the website, and then the Zoom meetings. Everyone. And of course, if people want to book you for a session or want to book you for a group, people, it's all there the on the email. website. The email, just email me what you need. We'll get you there great you know that there is always an answer i'm sorry folks there is always an answer is that you know when we're willing to say i am going to place value upon myself by taking this journey of self-discovery what is it i need to release what is it i need to embrace about myself you know just be open and ready to receive yourself because you've been living an illusion for so long You've been living everything that's ever happened to you for so long that you don't know who you are. You're lost inside. And by spending yourself and spending all of this, releasing it, the more and more it will reveal you. And then you'll get to see yourself. Right. And it will be, hello, right. you're finally here. Right. What are we here to do? And all that creativity and ability and everything that you're here to do will be revealed. But it can't right. when you're in chaos. So spend the chaos and so that you can find the clarity because it lies within. Just got to be willing to do the work. And as you said, it could be two or three sessions or it could be longer. But really what you're doing is giving them the skills of how to do it for themselves. Uh, because mm -hmm. let's face it, I don't care you know, how peaceful you and I are in the present moment. Stuff is going to happen. You know, like just oh, before we came yeah. on this call, fighting with a particular organization, trying to get something done that had already taken an hour and a half and nothing happening, right? Because you can't get humans anymore. Uh, okay. And, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. But, you know, for me, make light of it. <laughs> Let it out there. Don't don't suppress it. Like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, of course it bothers me, right? So, yes, but now the bother is gone. The bother is gone, right? Spend it. 
right? Don't let it bottle up. You know, I, I call Fox News, they take a pimple and make it into a volcanic eruption, right? This is what not dealing with something inside of you. There could be a simple pimple inside of you that had you dealt with it would have popped and dispersed. Instead, you let it grow and grow and grow. Now it's this volcanic eruption that you don't know how to control. Understatement. Right? So deal with it in the now by recognizing what is happening to you and then knowing what to do about it. Scream in a room, go for a run, jump on, you know, on a bridge, screaming at the trains going by, whatever it is you need to do. That's right. Uh, you're reminding me of, there's a part in the Bible where it says, don't go to sleep on your anger. Yes. And what that means to me is don't go to sleep without having a process in your day because you have stress in your day, whether you realize it or not. And right. if you just let it out at the end of your day, you're going to sleep so much better. You're going to wake up so much happier. Yeah. When children start to get cranky at the end of their day, most adults would say, oh, they're just uh, tired. They need to go to sleep. No. When a child gets tired, he goes to sleep. When a child gets cranky, it's because his filters are coming down at the end of the day and he's starting to let the day stress out. And if you just let him let that stress out for the day, Bit of a wobbly here. he's going to wake up so much better in the more times of life. And find out what it is that you can do. Maybe putting on some music, stamping your feet, ah, you know, letting it out. You know, what does the kid like to do that kind of releases that stress? And so, ah, okay, ready for bed now. Exactly. Exactly. That's the fun thing about dealing with clients is listening to their stories about what they did in yes. their exercises to get rid of that stress. It's really very creative and very interesting. There is, you know, no one size, you've got to do it this way. It's you find your way that works for you. But what right. is important, you've all got to do it. Right. Yeah. If you want to grow. What, you, you've all got to do it. If you want to grow, if you want to be whole, if you want to ignite your heart, soul and spirit into action, you have got to be willing to put in the work. And the more, you know, you apply and the more that you go in there and willing to do the work, the more you release yourself. And so the more you realize, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, there's a good reason for that, too. But it all works out. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much for being with us here today and sharing all your valuable information. And you know, God it bless is, you, Sarah. Thank you, too. It is so important that we place that self-respect and honor on ourselves. We're all here for a reason. We're not a waste of space. Let us, you know, really invest in ourselves. Let's let out what isn't serving us. Let's embrace the beautiful light that's willing to come out and wanting to come out and shine bright. It's all there. We've just got mm -hmm. to be willing to... Uh, um, go in and do the work and release ourselves and make that self-discovery of just how awesome and flawsome we really are. So thank you so thank much, Ellie. And to everyone else out there, please reach out to him. Heal, the number four, uh, heal for free. free. So it's heal4free.com. Reach out to him. Look at the videos. Start immersing yourself into it and reach out. One-on-one, -on -one, a group, you maybe the whole family could go through this. What a concept. Everybody going through it at the same time. Wonderful healing, folks. So please participate in your own healing. And until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. 
Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.